0: Morning, guys. Morning. Uh, good to be with you. Uh, so, uh, cool, these lights are bright. I'm not used to this. It's St Paul's. Sorry. Um, so my name's Roger. Uh, I lead uh, St Paul's which is a church about 400 yards uh, down the road. Um, we are family together. Uh, we arrived in my wife and I arrived about 15 years ago and then about 14 years ago we took uh, a group of 30 people from Trinity to plant into St Paul's. And so uh, so we are connected at the hip uh, as it were. Uh, in church family-wise, so it's, it's a joy to be here. Uh, I'm married, as I said, to Hannah. We've got three kids, uh, two teenage boys and a little girl who is 10, and uh, she is a joy after two boys, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Okay, so uh, that's just a little bit of background about me, and uh, it is a joy to be here. I love it. You know, I love Trinity. Uh, I love what uh, you guys have stood for over the number of number of years, and certainly since I've been around, and uh, and how we have uh, seen the Lord move together. Uh, so I'm going to be talking about friendship. I think. I think that's right, isn't it? Good. That's useful. There we go. Um, uh, friendship. And uh, you're in a series on uh, that greatest commandment, and we're right at the end of it, which is uh, love your neighbor as yourself. So how do we love our neighbors? Uh, I haven't, I'm not going to use a particular Bible passage. I'm going to dot around uh, a little bit. So you know, have your app open and ready if you want to. But, uh, but all of the verses that I'm going to use will be um, on the screen. So we're going to talk about friendship. What does it look like? Uh, How important it is? And then, what does it do in us? Because there are effects to it. So first of all, we're going to play a game. And hopefully this will work. Anybody ever played catchphrase? Catchphrase? Yeah? Okay. Right. It's not quite catchphrase, but... uh, Uh, you've got to name the TV show, okay, and I'm going to give you just a couple of words, maybe a little catchphrase. My type on paper. Love Island. Island, Thank you very much. Well done for admitting that you've watched it. Thank you very much. Okay. One for the older ones amongst us. Um, Question number one to number one. Blind date. Good work. Well done. Thank you also for admitting your age. Okay, here's, here's one for you. Uh, commitment ceremony. Married at first sight. Well done. That's very good. Very good. So, uh, so you might recognize some of these. You uh, might recognize some of, these, uh, some of these other shows. Dating Around, Too Hot to Handle, uh, 90 Day Fiance, uh, The Bachelorette, The Bachelor. Those are, along with those other ones I mentioned, they're the, they're the top 10 of dating shows. Our society seems to want to tell us that the ultimate goal of life is romantic relationship. Unfortunately, I think we've done it in church as well. Uh, single friends of mine will say how they perceive the goal in church is to first to get married and then to have children. And your value in church goes up as you get married and then have children. And it starts to go off again if you have more children than the lead pastor. (laughs) We've bought into the prevailing culture. Which tells us that in our case marriage and in society's case romantic relationships are the pinnacle of human relationship. That's where we're aiming. But that is not what the Bible says. The Bible says something different. See, marriage, romance, and sex are all temporal. They're all a gift, but they will all pass away. They're a beautiful gift, but they're still a gift, and they're only for this life, this life that we're in right now. Yes, marriage and sex point to a greater reality. They point to the consummation of Christ and us His church, which will one day happen when Jesus returns and makes everything right. But after that, they won't be needed because you don't know the signpost, you don't need the signpost when you've arrived at the destination because that's what marriage and sex are. They are a signpost to the greater reality of the church and Christ. But Jesus tells us that friendship lasts forever. It was there at the beginning in the Trinity, Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, and it will last forever. John 17 verse 3 says, Jesus says, Now this is eternal life, eternal life. That means last forever. That they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Friendship lasts forever forever. Therefore, friendship is pretty flipping important, okay? And then in John 13, verse 15, Jesus says this. He says, greater love has no one than this than to woo the hottest chick in church at, oh uh, no. No, he says, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends. In other words, the greatest love that is possible to be shown is in the context of friendship. Do you know, in total, 45% of adults feel occasionally or sometimes lonely in England. This equates to over 25 million people. 25 million people often feel lonely. Loneliness demonstrates a, U, uh, a U-shaped distribution with those aged under 25 and those aged over 65 demonstrating the highest levels of loneliness. In other words, the most vulnerable in our society. One study of under-18s showed that 80% of under-18s, as an. Uh, experience loneliness, and as many, in as many as 15 to 30% of cases, it's chronic. Loneliness is the opposite of friendship, and it's the original problem. We think that sin was the original problem. It's not. Loneliness was the original problem. In Genesis 2, we read this. The Lord God said... It is not good for, man, for the man to be alone. I will make a helper for him. <clears throat> Up to this point, everything has been declared good. It's all good. And then the first problem that is encountered by humanity is solitude. You see, God has made the man in his own image, and God exists. I've numbered. He does exist. God does exist. Look, three is entitled four and four is numbering. And God exists. There we go. I'm off. God exists in eternal friendship. God knows that the man is going to need others for this kind of friendship. There's a reason why prisoners are put into solitary confinement, isn't there? It's a punishment. I mean, I can see some of you parents thinking, I would chop my right arm off (laughs) for just a little bit of solitary. But it is actually not good for us. So it's not good for us to go through life on our own. We are relational beings. We're made by a relational God in his image. And this is the heart of the gospel. That Jesus lays down his life for us, his friends, so that we can be friends with God. So if you hear nothing else this morning, hear this. God wants to be your friend, your perfect friend. The one who will never let you down will always be there and will always have your best interests at the forefront of his mind. In a bit, we're going to look at some of the important aspects of true friendship and every single one of them points to Jesus. Finally, as we talk about the importance of friendship, it's important because the quality of our friendships Our friendships, that's you and me, followers of Jesus in the church community, the quality of our friendships ought to be the visible sign to the world that we are followers of Jesus. John 13 says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone, that's in everyone out there, By us loving each other in here, everyone out there will know that we follow him if you love one another. That means that there should be something about the way that we do friendship that looks different to the way the rest of society does it. Something about the way that we value friendship which is different to the way that society does. I really should number these properly. <laughs> and you know, the Bible is full of it. The Bible's full of uh, useful information and teaching for us about uh, friendship. Proverbs are full of it. We've got a, an entire book, the book of Ruth, which is a, a story of friendship. Now, my list is not exhaustive, but I've got four things that true friendship that, that kind of stand out in true friendship. And we'll have a look at them together. It's not exhaustive, um, but this is what I've kind of had a look for in the Bible. The first one. The first one comes from, so Proverbs 12, 26 says, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. The word here I want to focus on is choose. The righteous choose their friends True friendships are intentional. You choose friendship. When I was a, when I was a young man in my, uh, in my uh, late teens and early 20s, I had some people who pursued friendship with me. They, um, I hadn't intentionally walked away from Jesus, but walked away I had. They were a bit older than me, not much. But they welcomed me into their home, they invited me into their circle of friends, and they listened to me for hours. They are the main reason that I am a follower of Jesus today. They intentionally reached out to me. In true friendship, there is an intentional reaching out, choosing, initiative, active. Our society wants us to hold off to back away. You make the first move. Don't put myself out there. Let them text me first. Self-preservation. Here, in here, we do it differently. What we do is we give ourselves away. So first of all, true friendships are intentional. Secondly, our true friendships go beneath the surface. They are deep. They go beneath the surface. Galatians two says, Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Is anyone, um, anyone familiar with the Clifton Strength Finders? Right. Give, me a, give me a hand. Anyway, I'm obviously going to fall on deaf ears. Okay. It's a, it's, a, it's a kind of a personality profiling tool. And um, uh, one of mine is called Woo. Okay, it's it sounds a little bit strange, uh, but there we are. Okay, I really did do a job on this, didn't I? So let me read you what WU stands for. OK, it it basically categorizes people into different different uh, uh, categories. (laughs) WU stands for winning others over. You enjoy the challenge of meeting new people and getting them to like you. You want to learn their names, ask them questions, and find some area of common interest so that you can strike up a conversation and build rapport. That is me. If any of you don't know me, that is me all over. I love it. Okay. You actually enjoy initiating with strangers because you derive satisfaction from breaking the ice and making a connection. So true. However, wait for it. Once that connection is made, you're quite happy to wrap it up and move on. There are new people to meet, new rooms to work, new crowds to mingle in. I read that to my wife last night and she had a little chuckle and said, that's quite damning, isn't it? That is the opposite to carrying each other's burdens, okay? connect and move on is not the way of true friendship. If you want to be a friend, a true friend, you have, to go, you have to go under the radar a little bit. You have to go beneath the surface, dig deep. And you know, it's actually really very simple. Very simple. And I'm surprised at how poor uh, I often find people are at it. All you have to do is ask questions. Ask questions. I might be a woo, but I've, I, you know, I've got bored. I've got bored with friendships that don't go beneath the surface. They don't go anywhere. And so I've begun to ask some pretty direct questions. Recent examples include uh, going out for a beer with a friend and just asking about his marriage. Just saying, you know, I noticed this. Well, how, does, how does that work? Are you guys Okay. Uh, another friend, um, both of these are non-Christians. Um, another friend of mine made a lot of money, sold his firm, and I said, and now started yet another one. And I said to him, we were at dinner. I said, mate, what? When? When does? At what point does the amount of money you have become enough? You know, we were able to initiate. And you know, the wonderful thing was they were absolutely fine with the questions. They were like, oh. Good question. Thanks for doing that. We want to go deep. People want to get beneath the surface. They really do. They, they want to be asked this stuff. They want to be taken above the level of what car we drive or the drivel that we watch on TV. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to just, just to try it. Try it. Dig a little bit deeper and see what happens. So true friendships are intentional. True friendships are deep. Third thing, true friendships are physical. All right. Now I'm afraid, I'm afraid I don't have a Bible verse for this one. I can't proof text it. I searched the Bible, scoured it, and I couldn't find anything anywhere to, uh, to illustrate my point, which is of course the way that we use the Bible, isn't it? No. All the best points in Scripture... Actually, come all the way through, and this isn't about um, this is about one text. This is about the sweep of Scripture. Um, Two things with this. The first one is I think true friendships are physical, Um, and this is about presence. The idea and the theme of presence goes through the whole Bible. From Moses saying to God, "Do not take your presence from us, because who will we be if we don't have your presence?" To Jesus being born as a man, his physical presence with us, and then, uh, and then him being present to the people that he was with, and now uh, us having the presence of God and the Holy Spirit, and our presence with each other. And there is an element of this, which is about needing physical uh, time together. Proverbs in 27.10, and this isn't on a slide, I'm sorry, says, better Better a friend who is close by than a brother a long way away. And that's so true. We need physical presence, especially when um, the proverbial hits the fan. You know, when my, friend's, uh, when my friend's son was diagnosed with cancer, you know, what did we do? We, well, we went down and we were with them in the hospital. When that kind of thing happens, you need an arm around the shoulder. You need physical presence. Coming out of, coming out of COVID... You know, we need physical presence. Great to have you with us online, but it's a poor second because the physical presence. We miss you as much as you might miss us. Physical presence is really important. Now, this is also about touch as well. During the pandemic, one of the things that I most missed was shaking hands. Do you know? I mean, I mean, it's quite formal, isn't it? But you know, I used to be a salesman years ago. I shook people's hands for a living. This is marvellous. Um, so I, I quite enjoy doing it. But I really missed it. And you know, I can still remember my first handshake after lockdowns, after coming out of you know COVID. And I remember, I remember shaking this guy's hand, and then and we both just did it as a natural instinct. And then I kind of... I just took a moment afterwards, I looked at my hand, you know, as if this was like tingling or something, you know, sparkly, whoa, what is this thing's electricity, and what, you know, it was just, that was, wow, there is something about physical touch, which is really important, and we can see it in the Bible, the importance of touch, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, touch was required for truth telling, put your hand under my thigh, and tell me the truth, and he so, says, well, uh, yeah, yeah, I try it. <laughs> I mean, why not? Just give it a go. In the New Testament, Jesus breaks all the social norms, doesn't he? He touches people he shouldn't. He touches the unclean and the sick and the diseased. Throughout the Bible, we've got the spiritual practice of laying on of hands where we touch each other. Jesus healed people with physical touch. I mean, yes, he did it by proxy as well a couple of times. But the majority of the time, he physically touched people in order to heal them. We've got that the other way around. We often pray for by proxy much more than we do by physically laying hands on people as if if we can jump that stage. If Jesus did it mostly by touch, maybe we should. I love shaking hands, but there is something about putting a hand on an arm or an arm around a shoulder that says what we could never, ever put into words. True friendship needs physical touch. True friendships are physical. Now I have observed, girls, that you are better that this than we are, OK? Boys boys, we we struggle with this a little bit more, but I want to encourage you fellas, okay? 1 Thessalonians 5.26 says, greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. Okay, so work that one out along with the uh, hand under the thigh and tell me the truth. So true friendships are uh, intentional, uh, true friendships go deep, and true friendships are physical. Fourth and final thing True friendships are real. okay. True friendships are real. Proverbs 27, verse 6. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. When we lived in Oxford, I was, uh, I was at vicar school in Oxford, and um, I messed up. With those friends I was talking to you about. Those friends who invited me into their home. There was a, there was a ball at the college and, uh, and I, I invited them. But I, I messed up with the, uh, uh, with the accommodation and, and I just ended up inf- offending them. Now like the good friends that they are, what they did was they called me up and they told me how I'd made them feel. I can't say it was a pleasant experience because it wasn't. And I know that it was painful for them as well it was as it was for me. But, you know, it helped me. It helped me as a person and it helped me in our friendship. A very wise friend of mine said, You do confrontation when you value the person more than the relationship. That was Hills. They were willing to risk our friendship because they valued me more than they valued the relationship. Confrontation is hard. Let's get it out there. It is hard. And most of us would much rather avoid it, just hope that it will go away. But the reality is, is that when it's done well, caveat, when it's done well, okay, don't, please don't go from here and just like go and have it out with everybody, everything, you know, do it well. The reality is that when done well, confrontation grows friendships that will last forever. The quality of true friendship, biblical friendship, friendship that shines out like a lamp on a stand, friendship that can be seen for miles Like a city on the top of a hill. That friendship is marked out by choosing, choosing each other, being intentional. It's marked out by asking questions, being interested, going beneath the surface. It's marked out by understanding the value of physical proximity and touch. And it's marked out by our valuing the friend over the friendship. Friendship doing the hard work of confrontation well. Now, the title of today was supposed to be True Friendship Brings Out the Best in Us. But I've just talked really about how we do friendship rather than what it brings out in us, haven't I? But I want you to note something here and listen carefully. To have true friendship you have to be a true friend. To have true friendship, you have to be a true friend. I loved the title of Karis' seminar last week, From Selfie to Healthy. So true. I mean, I couldn't get to the seminar, but it's right there in the title, I imagine. It wasn't online either. I tried to watch. but True friendship takes a change of focus. It gets us out of ourselves into others, and that is so good for us that it is impossible to quantify. In our self-obsessed, consumer-focused, all-about-me society, the exercise of true friendship is like a soothing balm. Intentional, deep, physical, and real. Now, finally, All of those qualities that I've just mentioned are found in abundance in guess who? Jesus. Jesus seeks us out. He's intentional towards us. He chooses us before we choose him. Remember that it was while we were still dead in our sin that Christ died for us. Jesus wants to know us. He wants to carry our burdens. He numbers the very hairs on our heads and he offers to carry those burdens. Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. Jesus physically is with us. He is God in human form. He became a human so that he could physically know our lives and he is with us now through the Holy Spirit. Jesus is is real. He doesn't leave us in our mess. He confronts our mess and convicts us of our sin and lifts us out of our mess. Risking that we will turn away from him, risking that our relationship will go to pot on all for one thing because he loves us. And you know the reason that true friendship brings out the best in us is that true friendship brings out Jesus in us.